Welcome to the NFT Project, a podcast where we explore the world of NFTs, decentralized technology, the blockchain, and all things related to the future of music. We're your hosts, Boy King Koi and Project DJ. On the podcast, we'll be highlighting projects we love, insights we've gained from others, as well as sharing what we've learned from running Project DJ. So join us every week as we find out how these blockchain technologies will shape the future of music and the world around us. This is the NFT Project. Hey, welcome back to the NFT Project. You got your boys, Jai and Brock here. Uh, and we're with a very special guest, Mark Miller. How's it going, Mark? Going well, thanks. Good to be with you guys. <laughs> we invited you on the podcast here today because you have a very interesting project, LabelCoin. Uh, it's been, you've labeled LabelCoin as the Robin Hood of music. Um, do you want to go on a little bit about yourself, a little bit about the project, you know, tell us how you got into the space and then what spurred you um, to, you know, hop into Web3 and create um, such an interesting project? Yeah, sure. Thanks, Brock. I mean, it's been a journey, to be honest. I've been in the music industry almost 20 years now. And so I started as an independent artist coming out of college, had no idea what I'm doing, uh, you know, playing small venues, house shows, trying to scrape by and make a living. I, I worked part-time at a recording studio, you know, and so I just kind of kept trying to find my way for, I don't know, five years. And then I, I met my wife um, and on our, on our honeymoon in 2010, she told me she wanted to quit her job and join me in music full-time. And so I said, okay, that, that's awesome, A. And B, we made a new business plan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but all of a sudden, we had to figure out how to make more money, right? Yeah. Uh, the, the typical indie artist plight. And, uh, and so we, you know, luckily, she's great at business. And we discovered a, kind of the, the college world in, uh, in the United States. And we're able to build up our career to where, you know, by the end of a us two together for five years, we were making $120,000 a year. And we're like, hey, this is working. We're like finally doing it. Like able to save money, buy a house in Nashville. This is great. And then uh, uh, had our second child, decided to, to, to get off the road um, and help other people who were way more talented than us, um, <laughs> you know, learn from our mistakes and, and the things that we encountered and discovered and try to help them be able to take, take our, our ceiling, you know, and make that their floor. And, um, and so we started an artist agency and, um, but you know what, like what's, what was crazy about all that though, is like, even when we made $120,000, you know, from shows, 40,000 of that's expenses. So then you subtract that really we're netting $80,000. And then you split that between my wife and I, who are both working full time <laughs> at this, you know, we're basically making $40,000 a year, 10 years into our career. And we're literally in the top 2% of our industry. And so what shocked me once I started working with all these artists that were on like, you know, American Idol or The Voice or, you know, having hundreds of thousands or even millions of followers or listeners um, to see how many of them had the same challenges that we did and that we were actually out earning most of them. Um, you know, at that point, a lot of them were working second, third jobs and we're like, man, this is just silly. So, so I've been trying to figure out how do we, how do we help change this? You know, people uh, should be able to make a living um, by working hard at, at you know, creating the stuff that we all listen to every day and value so much. And so, um, so, you know, fast forward, we've always been trying to, to work with artists, mentor artists and 2020 happens. Um, I know that in Australia, you're intimately familiar with that. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> we, yeah. um, 
Yeah, but my my co-founder came from Wall Street, and they had something in, in 2008 that, of course, rocked the world um, with the Wall Street crash, and you know, tons of people lost their entire livelihoods, and he was definitely one of them, and a lot of his colleagues. So he started a nonprofit to help um, people get back up on their feet who had their lives devastated. Fast forward, he ends up in Nashville, and he's there during COVID, and he sees the music industry, you know, go through the the, you know, the same thing. He sees all the tours get canceled. He sees tens of thousands of people in the industry lose all their income, you know, for an undetermined amount of period, period of time. And so um, he's like, man, uh, I've got to do something. So he's like, well, I don't know much about music, but I can start a nonprofit. So <laughs> he did that, raised a bunch of money, helped a lot of musicians. And that's how we got connected was actually through that. Um, someone said, hey, Mark can help you learn how to help musicians, you know, here in Nashville and could be a part of that. So um, in that period of time, then as we got got to know each other more, he shared this idea he had of, uh, of securitizing music. Like what would happen if we could value the future earnings of musicians somehow and then make that investable to people up front? You know, what's already happening in the Wall Street world and other areas? And uh, that intrigued me. I'm like, there's something really powerful here. Like, I, like it seemed challenging to, and quite, quite daunting, to be honest, to try to value an entire artist's career, especially on the early stage. How much will they make? Are they going to stick it out? Are they going to quit? What's going to happen? You know, um, and, and try to somehow project that forward and make that a good investment where the artist feels great about it, right? So what we ended up doing is like, um, is focusing on songs specifically. It's like, okay, what happens if we can make songs investable to the average fan? Um, and so that so artists have full control over their careers and they can, you know, they're not just giving up their entire futures into the next five records and, but they're able to make a sustainable living right now. And, um, and that's where it all, all began. Uh, so it was over a year ago, uh, last summer. Into it now. Congratulations. It's already yeah. 12 months in this space is definitely like a decade we say. So <laughs> yeah. you know, you've, you've already lasted 10 years. Your business is, is, has aged well. Um, I just, you know, sort of to go back over, over your story, how, um, you know, I know you mentioned your partner briefly there, how difficult was it, uh, as, as you said, you were both artists coming up, trying to raise a family at the same time and, and through that struggle, um, did it help you connect a lot with, as you said, the story that you're trying to tell with artists trying to make a living and, and move forward in their lives and, and you know, as you said, raise that bar for them of the value? Like, did that help you paint that mental picture already for yourself to, to then like go, okay, I really need to make a difference? Oh, yeah, 100%, you know, and it, it gives us really intimate perspective, mm. you know, both as being those artists for so long and then moving that into to helping and working with, you know, tons and tons of artists in different capacities, you know, a one signed to our agency, our booking agency, to, and then working people on the production side, working with people and just the mentoring with, around Nashville. And, um, you know, when we came at it from the beginning, we're like, hey, if, if we're going to do this thing, if it's going to work, it's, it has to look after the perspective and it makes sense for three main groups of people. It's got to, for the artists, for the fan, and for the music industry as a whole. You know, we really have to, we're not trying to take anyone down, we're, we're trying as much as possible, okay, how does this benefit each of these groups of people and build something that, that's structured around that. So it's it's been crucial, I would say. And otherwise, it's it's easy to to miss and be like, wait, if you do this, then this person over here is 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 totally out, and be able to cover everyone. You know that perspective. Uh, for artists, what do we need? Um, you know, we are able to to stick it out long enough to make an a, a living, 
but most people have a hard time being able to to lose money for five years or six or seven, you know, and and trying to get home at seven p.m. after their day job and still create something meaningful, and try to find a way to get out on the road and tour for the weekend or whatever that is, and it's just exhausting. Uh, so being able to understand what what is that life like? So what would happen if we can sacrifice a little bit of what we'd earn in the future by earning that now and, and engage fans in a new meaningful way too. Cause fans now they've, they've got donor fatigue from getting asked for how many Kickstarters to do or any go goes or, you know, tip jars or come out to this show, this show, this show, this show. Hey guys, we need support, support, support. And people are just tired. There's so many things to give to you. Right. And so it's a totally different narrative when you get to say, Oh, instead of just, Oh, please give me money. It's like, Hey, you can actually invest in my song. And, you know, how much more likely are you to put 20 bucks into uh, an artist that you're like, man, they're great, or into one of their songs, and they're at a show, and they're like, hey, if you if you'd like that song that you just heard me play, you can own part of it. Here's the QR code, you know, and all of a sudden, um, they're able to to earn in a new way and have a new experience that's, that's actually exciting and, and not just feeling like, oh, fine, here's my 20 bucks. <laughs> so... Yeah, exactly. So what's um let's talk a little bit about Labelcoin and how it works then. Like what's the exact, you know, like mechanism of of the company? Mm-hmm. What are you guys trying to do and and how can people, you know, fans or artists themselves get involved um, you know, with with what you guys are doing over there? Yeah, absolutely. So we we call it the Robin Hood for music because it's it's really we're trying to build a, a song exchange, a, like a stock exchange for songs. And make it easy. You know, right now, there's there's a lot of interesting things that have been done with music NFTs. Um, some really positive, some questionable, uh, you know, in my mind. But, <laughs> uh, but, but one thing that's, that's unifying about them all is it's very hard to engage it without some level of Web3 knowledge. Whether it's, you know, how to, you know, get a, a MetaMask uh, or, or how to be able to resell it on OpenSea or Magic Eden, or whatever you want it to do. And so there's a, there's a level of knowledge that keeps a lot of people out, right? And um, and even for the artists, and there's there's also a level of knowledge that's actually reaching those people because for the most part, the people buying music NFTs aren't your normal fans. They aren't the people that you're playing to every day. They're people you're trying to reach through Twitter spaces and different strategies and things. And so it's another thing that takes time, just like Kickstarter does. You know, I don't know about you guys, but, you know, I did a Kickstarter where I had to make 60 ceramic mugs and a whole bunch of handwritten lyrics. It was a terrible terrible choice, uh, you know, but that was what I did for a summer. And, you know, it's stuff outside of the norm of being an artist. And so what we're trying to do is create this platform where artists can just be artists, fans can just be fans. It makes it very simple and easy. So by building that app like, like what Robinhood has... People don't have to know how to use Web3. They don't have to know how to download a wallet. Everything's done within the app, reselling your song shares. And so what happens is, um, backing it up then, the artists, uh, we help them value their catalogs. And we give song estimates based upon a whole lot of data and what's happening in the industry standards. And then also what's going on from not just, okay, projecting this out over 10 years worth of revenue, but going back to what's the history of your songs or your touring history, what do you have coming up, what are the other projects you've worked on, all the things that could possibly be factors into how successful the song's going to be and even the number of followers that you have. But then, um, so that's just a projection though. The artist then chooses, okay, I'm willing to sell my, my song at this price. I'll sell up to 50%. We cap it there. So I can sell up to 50% of specifically my digital streaming royalties. So what's coming in from Spotify, you know, from, from YouTube, uh, Apple Music, from these places that are, that's collected by distributors. And so, we're, uh, and so they get to choose, this is what I'm selling it at. And then the fan, they get to see, they're going to see a few different numbers. They'll see our estimate. They'll see the price of the, the song shares, which we call notes. 
And then they're also going to see how many like spins or how many plays would this take on Spotify, for example, for me to make a 10% return every year from royalties or whatever my return is I'm trying to get. So they can make a more realistic guess and say, yeah, I think the song can hit 100,000 streams or a million streams or kind of help them have healthy expectations. Um, and so what that so what happens is we then time with the distributor. So if the artist says, I want to sell 50% of the digital streaming royalties of this song, song A, then we get a 50% split from the distributor. So now when that money comes in from, from the DSPs, from Spotify and the like, uh, 50% of that automatically comes to us that we distribute to the song holders. Um, and then the artist still gets their remaining unsold. And then we're also giving the artist a piece of every transaction fee that happens on top of that in perpetuity. So it's not just a one-time sale. They'll continue to earn you know, all throughout. It's really cool. It, yeah, it, so. It's kind of um, a lot more uh, in-depth than I had imagined like looking at looking from the outside in and not you know having experienced the platform yet i i really like the idea seems super solid and and um how's how's it going with like the initial uptake with the artists over this first year thank you it's, it's been extremely positive and to your point yeah we spent a lot of time there's much in the back end figuring out mm -hmm. all those different trying to find every red flag you know everything that could go wrong or that, well, that's an issue like hey, how do we protect that you know yeah it's, it's it's like as you said you're trying to take as much out of the artist's let the artist be the artist, mm -hmm. you know, in yeah. a sense. So it's like if, if you, the more you can create a platform and, and it's like, you know, you, you can't go a week without being on social media and having an artist complain about having to market, having to, you know, create content, having to do all these things that they feel are, aren't uh, the artist's journey in a sense or, aren't, you know, don't resonate with that. And the more you can take away, yeah, the more people are going to, uptake the idea because it, it just gives them a, an outlet where they can invest into their music more so than anything else. I'm really excited yeah. to hear about that, um, you know, that analysis you guys do about, you know, the revenue that a track or a song will, will generate over the time. Is this something that you guys offer to anyone who's, you know, using your platform or is this something, you know, that you have to pay extra for? Cause that in itself, is a really handy tool that I haven't really seen anywhere. Like I don't really know where you go. You know, there's articles that say, oh yeah, roughly a thousand streams gives you this many dollars, um, you know, paid out. But to be able to look at, you know, previous tracks you've done and, and things like that and really analyze it, is that something that, you know, is, is offered to any artist and how does that work? Um, you know, when, when you sign up to the platform, cause that sounds like in itself a handy tool. Yeah. Thank you. It is available to every artist and, and that's, um, how it's meant to be because it's it's essential to basically pricing your song well yeah. and also the people being able to see what that's worth and so it still is like kind of a fantasy football number right like yeah uh, we, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know um yeah but it helps to give you know the more accurate we can make that the better for sure and that's when we hope that it'll help cause more consistency you know that's what a lot of people struggle with too it's like okay this song hit 10 million streams um why is this one only getting five hundred thousand? um yeah. Or it, or you can take that down if you're you know a, a newer artist like man this song blew up I got to add it to the playlist is a hundred thousand streams this one's struggling to hit a thousand what's going on and how do we create that consistency um, and that's some of what was a lot of the artists you know to what back, brought back to your question what they've been excited about too is that they're seeing the potential of consistency in their income um, and also for fans to be able to pick up those new songs and so songs don't get left behind so easily because you know um, you know for example. Um, you know, there's, there's an artist on our roster that's 
uh, an indie, indie artist completely, but it got 750 million streams, right? Um, got a, a lot of, I mean, Wolf. I mean, crushed it, yeah. right? That's awesome. Um, That's amazing. But, but they have some, like some songs that'll do super well, some that, that won't. And there's like, man, sometimes I have huge checks. Sometimes my checks are way down here and they could easily value their songs at, you know, easily $250,000, you know, for, you know, for each of those. And so if they sell 10% of that, um, like five songs a year, that's $125,000 as a base income for them that hmm. they can just count yeah. on a salary. That's like, Hey, I've got, yeah, I know I've got this consistently coming in. Yeah. yeah. And also yeah. with uh, creating more consistency with the streams and artists. And, yeah. And it's like, I, so. I don't have rent this week, but I just had 750 million streams on Spotify. <laughs> and, and, and way too many artists can relate to that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and then also, like, when is that money coming in as well? You're like, yeah, I, yeah. I have no idea when that's going to be paid to me. Like, you know, it's a, a total thing. But I think as well, the cool thing is that as you guys continue to do this and get more data and look at more artists and songs, you're only going to get better at predicting those pricings and what the standard is within the market. So I think that's really exciting for me because that's solving a problem we have data. at the moment. Mm -hmm. We don't know yeah. what a music nft is worth is it should it be worth two dollars like you know like itunes and that used to be or should it be worth a thousand dollars you know depending on what we're giving to it so i think that's really interesting and i'm, I'm excited to sort of follow along with how that that tracks for you guys because that's yeah like i said really cool feature there so um yeah to kind of kind of continue what you're saying there jai as well is like that's we recently bought two tracks off royal um I think Diplo's and Diplo and Chainsmokers track off um, a royal, like two different royal drops, and it was the same. I was watching the prices go up, and I'm like, I just don't feel like the value is there. It's it's like maybe long term, you know, 10, 15, 20 years, you can see that return, but I just can't see that uh, that extended value. And then, sure enough, once the first, because Royal just did, I think it was like a month ago now, or even 15, 20 days ago. Uh, they just paid out the first lot of royalties to the first lot of tracks on the platform. And then you could see the whole market dynamic change because everyone was like, oh, okay. Oh, it's not that much, yeah. <laughs> this is the money that we're actually getting. Okay, cool. Okay, this is – and then you could see that, like, it, the market kind of mm -hmm. sit back down to where it, where it should be. So, you know, the more yeah. data is, like, you know, people have more protocols and, and projects like yourselves uh, out there that can create the, the data. So not only the consumer, but the artist can understand a lot more because I think that's a that's a big problem as well. It's something we get asked a lot about is like, what should I price my NFTs at? It's like, well, <laughs> what do you think your fans will pay? That's really a simple question. But a good place to start though is what is the market willing to pay? So yeah. I think that that would be great to, to see that, you know, over time. Yeah, and for sure, I think I think creating good. I mean, definitely nailed on on the. That's the expectation side, right? Like that's what we we're seeing with some of the models being done right now. Is that the what you're getting back from royalties and not alone? And most of those models out there doesn't support the price. People are trying to sell you know two three percent of their song and and get tons of money for it. And it's like okay, then there's got to be some kind of other utility or scarcity that you just like. You know, it's, it's still kind of some cool factor to it. But like, as far as just a, a sheer investment on um, on value alone from what it's bringing in in revenue, it doesn't match up. So we wanted to try to create something that's more accurate in that sense. But uh, but Jai, to your point too, like you know, like uh, we're focused on definitely on kind of that marriage of what's happening in the web too, and, and that bridge, and how do we help 
use what's happening, the Web3 technology to, to monetize and to build what's happening in Web2. I think there's exciting things happening, though, um, you know, in other spots of music NFTs, like even how people are, are doing the, you know, the sales and the streaming and, um, you know, specifically we can stream those music NFTs or different kind of avenues. I, it's, it'll be interesting to see where that market continues to go, to go over the next 10 years, you know, as it develops and, and can become more mainstream, like, and, and how it adapts with what's currently happening to you. So, so we're kind of, we're kind of in that spot of web 2.5, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You're a good, you're a good little marriage. Yeah. So like you're, you're trying to yeah. allow the consumer to not feel, you know, the presence of the blockchain in a sense, but, but also, um, you know, just, you know, still cross over so the web three artists can feel safe on your platform. But I think, <laughs> I, I think, I think that's really important as well that you're sort of educating the fans and stuff on the value of what these royalties will pay out or what the, you know, what streaming royalties are, because, you know, artists all know and artists complain about it all the time, but, you know, I don't know how much of the general public really know how little the royalties are. Like we all talk <laughs> about it and show them, but they don't really get what they are. So it's kind of like you guys are level setting the expectation for them to say, Hey, this is actually what, you know, you would probably get as a return. So that's, in turn, educating the whole space um, of artists in Web 2 and Web 3, which hopefully will just drive more people towards, you know, music NFTs and actually, you know, putting an actual value on music again. So um, I'm excited about that. But I also want to know, because we've talked about how it's a little bit the app, it almost doesn't look like you're on the blockchain. So first of all, like what chain is it running on, like behind everything? And how are you guys sort of obscuring that blockchain? Do people need to create a wallet? Do they have to have pay in crypto? How does this stuff work? Yeah, a great question. So we're about six months out from release now. So um, we're, we've been talking with four different blockchains and we're about to make that decision. Um, all of them we feel really great about. So it's just kind of figuring out which one is best for the ecosystem and the partnership. Um, but the four that we're, we're sharing, I don't know if I've shared this publicly before, but the four that we're sharing, that we're talking to right now are uh, Near Protocol, uh, Hedera, Flow, Dapper Labs, and Radix. Um, yeah, so nice. those have been kind of the four in the running. Awesome. But, um, and, and we feel like they're all four solid projects, solid teams that we can build great on. It's just a matter of what's the right partnership. And um, But as far as what's happening is, um, that we'll actually have a label coin wallet within the app itself, so so that yep. people won't have to download a separate wallet. They can pay with uh, with fiat currency from their bank account, from their credit card, or with um, you know with crypto as well. And so we we actually uh, this is a really important point too, especially for uh, for America, and it kind of ends up working throughout the rest of the world. But all of our songs are registered securities with the SEC uh, um, okay. regulation here called Reg A plus. And so, um, you know, from the beginning, we're like, we're talking about people's livelihoods and their long-term revenue and earnings that they're giving up. So this needs to be secure and we need to make sure it's going to be around here for 10 years, 20, 30 from now, you know, and not just up for a year, it's slapped down by the SEC at a whim and boom, here we are. So every song is a registered security and we work with a, with a broker dealer and a, and banking services basically to, to be the custodian of those funds. So. That's cool. awesome because there's, you know, that's the, that was going to be one of my questions uh, as we sort of went on is yeah. the whole securities thing. But, um, you know, you guys are doing it the right way, I guess, the above board legal uh, sort of way and, and doing it through a prop, the proper channels, which is awesome. What, um, 
Uh, What's the onboarding process? So like right now, if I was just an independent artist um, to come and apply to be on the platform come launch day? Yeah. Um, well, we have kind of a, from what's happening right now versus when we actually go live, there's a couple of different things. So we actually are onboarding some people right now mm-hmm. um, that are coming into the early stage and they're helping us test features and uh, you know be involved with the project and getting early access. Mm-hmm. And so they'll also be the people that we put it's like marketing dollars behind <laughs> to help, help their songs be successful from the start too. Um, so people can sign up for that now at labelcoin.io slash artists. Um, and basically they're just committing to to say that, hey, if this platform ends up being everything I want it to be on launch day, then I will be releasing songs on it. Um, yeah. But it's not like a lingually binding thing. Just say, hey, I want to use this platform. And so Expression that's of interest. A, a sign yeah, up. Exactly. You know, pre-registering. Yeah, yeah. That kind of stuff. Yep. Too. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we've got, we've got a, lot of, a lot of great interest already. A lot of great artists that have signed up to that and are, are stoked, which is awesome. But more, please go ahead and sign up there. It's, it's great. But um, on launch day, what it will be basically is um, you have to go through our terms of service, you know, agree to that. You have to, um, you know, validate your identification and that you actually do, in fact, own these rights and these songs, that they are your songs. And we have to be able to match up identities um, to make sure everyone's protected there. Um, but otherwise, it's a pretty simple process. Then we just tie in with your distributor. Um, and so it has to be right now, it has to be a distributor that has splits enabled. Um, if they're not one that does currently, then that's just something that we're working on trying to bring on as many distributors as possible. But we have a lot of the main ones. Is um, DistroKid one of them? With. Uh, <laughs> DistroKid <laughs> is one of them that we're, we know we can do. So yeah. <laughs> We just had an episode yeah. uh, we released uh, today about them and their uh, previous projects. So uh, it's an interesting <laughs> conversation around that. So. I, I did see that, actually. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's... Uh, I, I personally, I, I really, I respect Philip a lot and, and the team over at DistroKid and what they've done. Um, I think a lot of people got, and went kind of quick and early on NFTs and that left some different issues with people not really knowing what they're getting into and what they're selling to people yeah. and other exactly. aspects. So I, mm-hmm. I think, um, I think a lot of yeah. the early issues were just that, um, you know, and, and, and speaking, you know, not speaking to DistroKid, but speaking to DistroKid is like you realize that you don't have the team in place to take care of you're like, Oh, hang on. This is a whole nother business. Um, yeah. what are we doing? We're losing focus of our main, of our core business. Okay. Let's just not do that. Um, and you can see, you can see that happen over like the last 12 months has, has been a big, lots know, of brands and businesses yeah, lots of brands and projects. That. Yeah. They don't yeah. realize yeah, how yeah, much let's do NFTs. Oh shit. Like even we, we're in, we, we purchased, uh, and this is like totally nothing to do with music. We we're, we have the um, out of the ass NFT, and and they are the same. They've probably got only three or four people looking after a twenty thousand unit NFT project, and you can just tell by the Discord it is just mayhem in there because three or four people can't look after that many customers all at once that are just looking to get what they feel they deserve out of the project. <laughs> um, so yeah, we we. We're a bit hard on them, but <laughs> but yeah. it's out of love and respect. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't know much about the inner workings of the team there that worked on that project or who their partners were, so I can't really speak to that. But yeah, um, but that we do see. You know, that's kind of a frequent story. 
Um, oh, I still love Drizzo Kid. I still use yeah. them all the time. I got to upload some yeah. music to them next yeah. week. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hopefully yeah, they don't yeah. blacklist yeah. my account. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. Yeah, they've, they've, they've done well. It's a great service to a lot of people. I think, what is it, almost 50% of the songs right now on average oh, are uploaded through DistroKid? Yeah, yeah, so much. So yep. much they're killing it. Yeah, there's a reason um, why. So Yeah, definitely. So so you guys aren't actually doing any of the distribution, which is like awesome because that's, you know, that's a huge task in itself. Um, but, you know, working with all these other distributors. So that's awesome, um, you know, to be able to collect that royalty from any platform. What are you guys thinking in terms of like when this stuff will be paid out? Because you're still going to be constrained by the collection of the music from the distributors mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So it's obviously only going to be what per quarter or something like that. How do you guys plan to do that? Will there be a, a structured way around like, you know, they're paid out mid year or every few months or something. Have you guys thought that far into, into that kind of a thing or is this something that you'll, you'll figure out as it sort of rolls out? Yeah, I think we're we're still figuring out some of the logistics in that, and I'm sure we'll, you know, continually adapt to whatever's the best experience for everybody. But our plan right now is basically when it comes in, it goes out, <laughs> and so, yeah, um, you know, and and all those transactions are done on the you know on the blockchain. We put that on there so people will be able yeah. to see exactly. Also, the breakdown from the, those royalties. Okay, this is how much money from this song got this month from. You know, from Spotify, from YouTube, from all you know, we get those reports. You know, every yeah, uh, whenever those come in, and so we're able to aggregate those and then be able to break that down. So if people want to drill into that da data and be able to see it, they can. Um, and so just to create more transparency, uh, but also that builds trust yeah. and and that people, you know, but it also just goes back to those expectations and education. So, yeah, yeah, it's so it's so amazing. I think. As the Web3 space grows, I think that's the biggest word that will continue to ring true is the word transparency. It's like we're yeah. finally in a space where it's not like we ex we expect it now, but we don't actually fight for it. Um, but it'll just be something that will become natural and, and something that we don't have to really look or search out anymore. It'll be like, oh, okay, I can just see the data anytime that I want, which is you know, for an artist or even a manager really is amazing because you, you, you know, not having to look around too hard for anything and, and understand. And then also the, you know, let's just say you're, you're a manager of an artist that's similar um, to that, uh, to an artist that's on your platform. You can be on there and go, oh, what are they doing? Like, how's their songs tracking? Um, what kind of streams, what kind of value are they seeing? So it, it can help uh, the, the fledgling artist, the fledgling manager also grow into a space um, and, and, and understand the economics behind it a lot better. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Have you guys uh, considered or like thought about or maybe something you want to look into in the future, looking into like sync licensing and, and commercial type licensing for this? Because that's another opportunity where, you know, you could be paying out mm -hmm. good money because there's good money in sync um, <laughs> and in commercial, you know, licensing. I mean, to be honest, that's probably where there's more money um, as someone making, you know, making music. You, a lot of people I know who do that make a lot of money um, <laughs> compared to compared to artists who are just releasing for fans and things. So yeah. is that a market that you guys maybe in the future are looking to tap into or is that something you might leave to a separate project or product to do? Like what are you guys thinking there? 
Uh, we're definitely working actively to tap into those spaces. And we want to give artists basically the, the freedom, or basically whoever holds the rights to the songs, the freedom to be able to, to choose which rights they want to sell and make that very clear to the fans and the artists. Um, hey, these are the rights that you're buying. This is, you know, so so they know too, okay, I, I'm not getting paid when this, you know, gets synced on this massive Marvel movie. Um, you know, I am getting paid whenever I listen to it on Spotify. Um, so we, we are working on on the sync, on the publishing side you know, with the composition as well. Um, the key is we have to make sure that we can tie into where the money flows. We never yeah. want to be in a position where we have to invoice an artist to pay an investor. Um, yeah. You know, and so that's the key is how do we do that consistently right now? And there's so many different pieces. That's so, so right now with that's why with the streaming royalties, that's easy. The distributors are collecting. We don't have to be going down, hammering down doors and say, Hey, give us the money so we can pay everybody, please. Um, you know, they're doing that. Uh, so, um, it'd probably be at least initially more, more, um, limited because we'd have to be able to make sure, you know, be probably with, with individual publishers, um, or the sync libraries and trying to make those different agreements uh, so that we can partner with them and say, okay, this one's onboarding now. I think probably the next most likely one to come on board would be the publishing side because um, we can tie in there with uh, with the PROs and uh, yeah. and just get, hey, if you want to sell 20% of your publishing, okay, uh, then LabelCoin basically becomes 20% publisher. We can get those splits and still pay out the yeah. song holders. Um, we also want to work on more partnerships with international collectors you know, a lot of a lot of artists aren't getting the money they're owed because they have no idea. They think that they're getting paid yeah. for every time you know their song plays in Brazil, but it's like, well, are you actually talking to the you know the PRO in Brazil? Yeah. <laughs> if yeah, not, yeah, then it. you're probably not getting paid. Yeah, I think um, I saw something on um, MBW like Music Business Worldwide the other day. It was like 423 million dollars was collected by um, the majors that of uncollected money that of just artists <laughs> that didn't know or, or it was it's unspecified or, you know, anything like that. And that's, you know, as an artist, not, a, not many artists understand that. It's like, if you don't collect your royalties, after a time, it just goes to the majors. So it can be recir- yeah. recirculated back through, but uh, it doesn't get recirculated back through. They keep it for themselves as a profit. So, And in know, Australia, you, there's actually like multiple bodies, you know, you've got APRA AMCOS oh, and you've got PCOS. And stuff. Like, you've got like, <laughs> yeah, you've got one that collects mechanical sales and, and streams and then one that collects, you know, like, Publishing if you don't register just, with them, yeah. if you don't register with them, you don't get it. So it's mm. like, yeah, it's, yep. it's wild. Yeah, it, it, and it's so different all over the world, right? And yeah. and so and you have to get those individually, and and it's just even even in the U.S. Like uh, that, you know, the PROs are collecting money from venues um, for the rights to, to basically a blanket license of whatever's getting played there, yeah. and they're paying out based on what's reported. And the venues, in most cases, aren't reporting unless it's major shows. And so artists don't even know that, hey, I, I should be reporting my sets. And you can actually make yeah. a lot more money just by simply reporting uploading your sets to the PRO. And so yeah. let them know, hey, by the way, I played this song. <laughs> I played all of uh, my songs, all every original song I have in every set that I played over the whole weekend. <laughs> it's kind of a broken system, right? So I think, I yeah. think in, in, t- in 10 years, it's going to be clear. I, I think that the black box money will go away because we'll, we'll be able to have systems that that are in place with transparency yeah. i think also even just with ai right now there's no reason why we couldn't be able to have be able to listen to concerts live and and be able to say this is this song you yeah. know it, the text already basically there so I, I think that's where it's going to be heading uh and we're going yeah, to have fair compensation to, to have the technology to put something inside a venue 
that just listens at a, at a core. People used to get paid to do that. Yeah. Literally, it's their job to listen to the radio station and say what got played and, and actually, <laughs> it's like, like, which is bizarre. Client here just needs to integrate it into yeah. their CDJs. Yeah. These are the tracks that play. working on it. The, the track list gets played to get sent to them. But yeah, but, um, hear but, that, yeah, hear that pioneer? Go for it's it. So, <laughs> it's so stupid that, yeah, you're filling out, because I remember having to do it for, um, like, I'm, I'm the same. I have an agency here in Australia, and I've, I've looked at a few artists that, that have done tours and festivals and stuff like that. And you, you're like, okay, you're chasing the artist down. It's like, hey, get, here's your sheet. Like, fill out your sheet. What did you play? They're like, I'm hungover still. I don't know what the fuck I play. <laughs> the, 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 classic good. Is, the classic line is just go to my Spotify and write down all my tracks. <laughs> but, um, right, I, I yeah, sure that happens a lot. System. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It really is. That so. never happened, actually. <laughs> uh, <so>. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> uh, it's fantastic. So, um, when are we looking? You know, you you said that you're sort of getting the interest and in onboarding artists and stuff, and and you're looking to launch. Is, did you say the next six months? Like, what's your what are you guys thinking for timeline? Um, like, should people be really getting in now to show their interest, or or you know, yeah. are we looking to lead up a little bit um, until you you know, looking for that launch? Yeah, I mean, now's now's great, um, and so because we're we're using that that data too just to improve our algorithms and. To, and to get some early access and, and any of the kinks and features, like it's still, we still get sometimes the feedback is like, Oh yeah, there's that little, th that feedback is really, really helpful with shaping our change to this, um, this edition or this feature. So that's huge. Um, we're planning a soft launch Q1, um, at the beginning of Q1 and we want to do a kind of a, a big launch party at South by Southwest in Austin. So that's, nice. that's kind of that, that goal that we're, we're aiming for. So it's looking nice. good right now. Yeah. It's yeah. sick. That's it. It's always that, um, yeah, it's like you, you, you'll, it looks good now and then you'll get close and you'll be like, uh, <laughs> <laughs> piecing it all together, something's coming up and you're like, no, come on, everyone. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah no, that, that'll be exciting. Yeah. So South by Southwest yeah. launch, it's always, always a good time to launch, especially something in music tech. Um, you know, there'll the be whole, hype and stuff. The whole, yeah, the whole community will be there in support. So that should be very exciting. Yeah. Yeah. We're, we're stoked to be there and, and to be present. And I mean, we think that this is going to change the lives of tens of thousands of artists and a whole lot of other people on top of that. So that's what gets us excited. You know, our mission statement is literally to stamp out artistic poverty. Um, oh, I love that. We really, we really <laughs> think this can help do that. So that's yeah. a great, that's a great saying. I love that. He's, yeah. he's, before we kind of wrap it up here, I was just wondering if there's anything, um, you know, any projects that you have been noticing over like the last six months that, you, you know, like you, you're keeping your eye on, um, whether it be something that you feel like might be touching close to what you're doing or whether it's just something that you're like, wow, that's like really interesting in, in sort of the music NFT, like music industry space for Web3. Yeah, sure. Um, I mean, there's definitely, like, I, I like to see innovation for sure, uh, but I, I I personally have a, a strong preference towards a great utility. Um, that's not just, okay, this is expensive because it's rare, but like, um, but it's tied. Like what Kings of Leon did, for example, when they released NFTs that gave you basically golden tickets to get, you know, concert tickets for life and prime tickets for life, you know? So being able to see stuff like that, I think um, really 
uh, I think has really, really strong potential. That's where we want to see, like in our phase two, we plan to actually bring in aggregate NFT marketplaces um, and also have the option to for people to, to mint NFTs on the platform that are tied to song ownership or different aspects. So say you, you bought 100 notes of an artist, now you get you know a merch discount or meet and greet passes when you at your shows. Um, we plan to integrate NFT concert tickets and being able to make some, like actually tours investable to fans. So um, definitely keep my eye on the projects that are, that are doing like like concert tickets and and merch. Um, one yeah, of my favorite things I've seen utility. It, one of the fa- my favorite things I've seen in this space so far uh, is Vinyl Key, um, and they actually embedded an NFT uh, with with near field technology um, into vinyl records. And each vinyl Aww. record is actually a unique splatter pattern. So each record itself is a one-of-one physically, but then that picture, then it's integrated into their marketplace. So when you sell like the record to someone else, then it actually transfers that ownership as an NFT as well. Uh, and sick. I think that's just a brilliant use case. That's so, so cool. Uh, so I think seeing more of those, uh, those kind of, yeah, digital, you know, integrations. Moving yeah, forward, we love, especially in the music space, is really cool. we love the crossovers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> yeah. As soon as if, if you can bring if you can bring anything, you know, like it's cool to have the tech and it's cool to have the digital collectible, um, but if you can kind of bring it over in something that's not just a jumper, um, you know, where you, as you said, it's like concert tickets, real life experiences um, for the for the bigger artists like Kings of Leon. Like as you said, it's just simple. They they've already made enough money. They're fine. Kings of Leon are going to be fine, but they can do something that will help out their number one fans or people that are interested in that kind of thing. And they don't know, they can't connect with those people. So, but it's like, Hey, here's the thing you want it. We can, we now have the ability to prove it. You can't fake it. You can't just impersonate it. It's an NFT. So we know if we've sold it to you, it's yours, but then you also have the right to not die with that. You can pass it on to your friend or your family member or, someone else that just wants to buy off you because they're richer. <laughs> yeah. It, uh, yeah. The NF- NFT market definitely opens up a, a world. Definitely that, like that digital um, experience is, is going to be really interesting to see expand over the next five, five to 10 years. Yeah. For and sure. as you said, like they're perfect to integrate it all into the into marketplace as well uh, over time. And uh, down in Australia, you've got uh, M8 and Moto guys from mm. Moto Dow and, and M8. Uh, yeah. You know? So yeah, uh, it's it's I enjoy those guys, and they're doing some really cool stuff. That I always keep tabs on what they're what they're going and, and where that. They heads. just keep on delivering, don't they? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They've been at it. I mean, they were some of the pioneers at it. You know, when when they start, what four years ago, something like mm. that. Yeah, we've had uh, Dow Master Dan on. He's uh, he's been on oh, twice. Dan's great. He's been on <laughs> twice actually. So uh, yeah, Dan, it, uh, Dan lives his, well. Dan lives near like in the same city as Jai does. Yeah. Oh, so nice. yeah, he's in Australia. So yeah, yeah in Brisbane. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, awesome man. Well, um, is there anything else uh, that you want to talk about or promote sort of coming up, or we just look forward to uh, you know the the launch? And if we're an artist, we should go and sign up if we're interested and just sort of, you know, check out all the socials. We'll have all the links in the show notes for you as well. But um, thanks for coming on, man. Um, really enjoyed the chat. And it's, it's good to have someone who uh, understands the artist's life and the music industry as well. So uh, it's always great when we get, um, you know, people on here who, who have done that as well. So it's uh, thanks for coming on and uh, can't wait to – I'm going to go sign up and check it all out and, um, yeah, see what it's all about. So pretty keen for it. 
Awesome. Thank you, Jai. Thank you, Brock. It's great talking with you guys. Appreciate you having me on. Our pleasure. Thanks, man. All right, thanks, guys. If you learned something in today's episode, we'd love for you to leave a review. That's the best way you can support the podcast. Feel free to leave one on whatever podcast app you use. And of course, make sure to share it with a friend.